branding and this brand strategy, they are the foundations of a great website. Welcome to Sacred Work, a podcast here to guide you through the inner work that allows you to share your light and do sacred work in the world. I am your host, Taylor Ray, manifestation coach and spiritual business mentor. And here we talk all things manifestation, abundance, impact, stepping into your purpose and creating the reality your soul came here for. It is my true desire to empower you to awaken to who you really are so you can quantum shift your life and business. You're here in Divine Timing Beauty. Let's dive in. If you are a business owner and you've ever wanted to create a beautiful website or to know how to increase your conversions or to create an excellent online experience for your audience and for your customers, then this is the episode for you. Today, I am sitting down with Emma Troy. Emma is a brand strategist, website expert, and show it design partner for early stage and established entrepreneurs, helping them to build and launch their dream brand and website through both easy to use templates and custom designs. She's a creative turned conversion nerd, obsessed with transforming bland websites into nearly magical money-making masterpieces. In 2021, Emma was awarded Australian show it design partner as a result of her commitment to the platform and her creative design work. The work that Emma does is absolutely amazing. And I first came across her through other entrepreneurs, which led me to get to know her better. And then ultimately to investing in her templates, which we customized in order to create our own online home. And I love it. So I can definitely testify that Emma is such an expert at what she does and really just has so many beautiful tips for people who are really wanting to upgrade their online presence, their online home, whether it is doing it DIY, which we talk about a lot in this episode, or whether it is reaching out and having someone help you with it. So there's so much that we cover inside of this interview, including the importance of having a website and how it's different to a social media presence or a landing page. We talk about tips for designing your website to help increase conversions. There's different things that we really need to make sure we're paying attention to and actually including in our websites. We also talk about why a website is never finished and how to improve your conversions if it's not doing what you want it to do and how to really pay attention to the user journey, what that means for someone who's finding you online and how you can really nurture them towards your products and services. We also talk about the benefits of doing DIY and how you can really get things started yourself and when is the right time to really be getting your website up and running. We also talk about what's trending right now, what's hot and what's not so that you can make sure you are optimizing your experience online for your customers and clients. There's so much beautiful stuff inside of this episode. So I'm so excited for you to dive in and to take away so many tangible tips and tricks, things that you can apply right away to your own online presence. As you listen, make sure you screenshot your favorite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at this is Tayray and at Emma Troy design. Let's dive in.
Welcome back. I'm very excited today. I'm sitting down with someone that has very quickly become one of my favorite people on the interwebs. Uh, This is actually our first time meeting and having a conversation face to face. We've actually almost been like little mini pen pals, you know, conversing via email after I actually invested in her website design and really just up-leveled my entire online home. Thanks to her services. And the amazing person that I'm speaking with today is Emma Troy. Emma, welcome to the show, Beauty. Thank you so much for having me. And I must say, I've loved our little chats back and forth by email. It's been really nice. So, so good. And like we were saying just before, it's, there's something special, I think, about connecting online. Like you and I are both in Australia, but in different parts of Australia, definitely not just a short drive away for a quick coffee. And I think that, you know, that is the beauty of what we do in the world that we are in. And I think for so many people who maybe weren't online, you know, a couple of years back, even making the changes and the pivots over the last couple of years, it's really brought the world closer together and people are a lot more connected. And, you know, I think that that's so nice that we've been able to have that connection and to, you know, extend it today onto the podcast. So thank you for joining us. And for those that don't know you, can you share a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Sure, absolutely. So I'm Emma and I'm a brand and show it website designer helping entrepreneurs build brands and launch websites that really illustrate their story and illuminate their values. So I'm a big fan of visual storytelling and super passionate about using visual storytelling to create really immersive brand experiences and conversion optimized websites. So I wasn't always super passionate about web design. You know, I've been a designer and a web designer for over 10 years, but I used to design websites in WordPress for about eight years. And I hated it the entire time because I really battled with the complex tech. And for me, being a creative, I felt like my creativity was really caged. And I saw a lot of my clients struggling post-launch with their own websites using that platform because it was a little bit more difficult. Um, And I think I could never get my designs looking quite right. So I did things like hiring a developer to work with so I could focus on the design. But ultimately, I think I found a real passion for kind of like the conversion optimization side of websites when I was struggling with a platform and not being able to get my designs like looking exactly how I wanted them to. So I started to focus on, well, what else could I do to ensure that these websites are kind of like top notch. So that's Mm. when I went deep and started researching like the conversion strategy and the user experience, but definitely a sucker for always for good design. Mm. And it translates so beautifully in the work that you do. And I've said this to you so many times. I love what you do. I love what you create. I think it is so needed in the entrepreneurial space because exactly like you know, what a lot of what you were saying there. I think for a lot of us, you know, we really, we struggle with either the design element or we struggle with the tech or we struggle with a combination of both. And, you know, knowing what to put on the website, knowing how to put it on the website and then knowing whether it's working or not. And I think that you just do 
a really beautiful job of really translating each of those things so it's easy for people. And, you know, I first came across your work through another entrepreneur and their beautiful website. And, you know, straight away was like, who did this? Like, this is amazing. And then, you know, scrolled to the bottom, found your name, and that's how I came across you and ultimately ended up doing the exact same thing myself, getting your templates and things like that, and then customizing them to create our own online space. So, I really admire what it is that you do. And I love the journey that you've been on there as well. You know, what was that like, I guess, transitioning? Like I speak to us, I guess, about, you know, where you were sort of feeling there with, you know, hiring the developer and everything like that. What was that decision like for you to sort of outsource that and then come back and go, wait, there's got to be a way that I can do this better and sort of do it myself the way that I want to create the vision for people. Yeah, it was hard because I, you know, I put my hand up and say that I'm a perfectionist. I'm a little bit of a control freak as well. So I wanted to be able to do everything for my clients. But when I was working with a platform that I just felt I was so restricted in, particularly with the creativity, you know, being a designer, we often can have a certain vision um, and not being able to bring that to fruition. And and while like clients were always really happy with their websites, I just knew I could do so much more, particularly when being a brand designer as well, I'd create these really gorgeous, beautiful visual brands. And there was so much that I was creating like visually to be able to tell this client's story, but that wasn't transferring over to online. And the websites are just so powerful and they can create um, such incredible customer journeys and Mm. user experiences. And I just was struggling. So I thought, you know what, I'll concentrate on the design. I'll get a developer to kind of do the techie side of things and the building. And to be honest, that process didn't even last for that long because it just made projects even longer. It was like having, you know, another middleman. And while I love my developers awesome and developers are great, sometimes they just don't have that eye for design. So Mm. they can be happy, you know, and tick things off their list because they've got a functionality, right? But (laughs) they had to give up some of the design aspect to get that functionality. So it was hard. And in the end, I was like, you know what, I'm just not enjoying this anymore. I'm not doing websites anymore. Like, and it was a big thing. Mm. I totally scrapped websites off my services list because I was like, I just, I'm just not loving it. And so I'm not going to do websites anymore. And my husband jokes now. He's like, remember that time that like you gave up websites and now you're probably more well known for your websites. And it really wasn't until I think it was early 2018. Yeah. I'd removed web design from my services, but what turned it around was when a lovely brand client asked me to build her website in this platform called Show It. Mm. Uh, And I was a little hesitant to start off with because I didn't know the platform, but I was like, you know what, I'll give it a go. I'd seen it around. It wasn't massive in Australia, but like bigger in the States. So I gave it a go. I loved it. I picked it up so easily. Obviously, like I am a web designer, but I thought if I have picked this up so easily, imagine what it would be like for my clients, you know, post-launch, they could go and manage their own 
website without me and being able yeah. to update quickly because you know things in business do move fast so you can't always rely on booking in with your designer or your developer and then this passion for web design came back plus I had that knowledge of all the conversion strategy that I'd kind of studied and gone down you know the rabbit hole of years previously and then now here I am these years later, I'm an official Australian show at design partner, and I'm probably most known for my show at websites. And I'm just a huge fan of the platform because of the creative freedom that it's given myself and the amazing results that it's given my clients as well, because they've been able to launch these websites that have, they look good, but I'm always, I always say, you know, a website should have beauty and brains, but the fact that they're converting as well and they're created these really kind of like immersive online experiences for visitors. I think there's just been so much power in that. I love that. And I love the journey that you shared with us and how you've sort of gotten to this point. And I think, you know, for the way that you show up and serve your clients, it it almost gave you like a deeper level of insight. You know, you're someone that has all of the branding skills. You had all of the web design skills and even you found the frustration and butting your head against a wall with like, oh gosh, I just lost my passion for it. And you know, that's your thing. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, for so many entrepreneurs, it's so far from their thing. You know, it's like, oh, this awful thing that they feel overwhelmed with or stressed by or don't know how to handle it. So it's almost like it gave you a beautiful insight into like, okay, wait, if I'm struggling with this, imagine what my customers must be struggling with, my clients must be struggling with. How can I sort of combat that? And it's, you know, you've come to a beautiful place of providing such a wonderful solution. So, I really would love to dive in and talk a little bit more about the website presence, which I think you put so beautifully when you say it's visual storytelling and creating a brand experience. And I love what you said there about it having beauty and brains. And I feel like that's so parallel to what I teach and how I help my clients is, you know, yes, the spiritual and the strategy, the masculine and the feminine, like can't have one without the other. And I think that you do that really well. So when it comes to a website, couple of things, you know, number one, why is it important and how is it different to say having a social media presence or just a landing page? Yeah. So a website, I believe is super important, particularly if you are an online business. So it plays a really important part of your marketing strategy. It can help you attract new clients. It gives you the ability to nurture your audience by funneling them into other areas of your marketing, like email lists. A website will give you credibility. It uh, helps you set yourself apart from your competitors And having a website is an opportunity to make a great first impression and give people comfort, you know, that you're a real business and you can offer real results. Because I know I myself and probably a lot of other people do when they come across a business, one of the first things they might do is hop online and maybe in Google and search them just to see, hey, is this person for real? Are they legit? Um, And it's a place where they can get to know you more. I think in terms of how a website's different to social media or a landing page that social media is a really great tool for online marketing. You know, something like Instagram is awesome for allowing you to interact with customers like on a daily basis. You can show up and you can show a lot of personality. You can show behind the scenes in real time. It's kind of like a megaphone, Mm. I guess, for your brand. 
but I think a website is the brain. Like there's still so much that social media can't achieve. Um, One major thing being searchability. Yes, it's getting better, but it still doesn't compare to something like the power of SEO. So search engine optimization. I think you know, we still, like I said, we will head to Google if we want to know something, not necessarily Instagram and websites will be higher in search results than a social media page just due to relevance. And also a website gives you complete control. So it's not a borrowed platform, remembering Mm. that, you know, Instagram could be shut down any day. We've experienced glitches, you know, where it's been maybe a day (laughs) and people have been unable to post and things like that. And a website, I guess it lets you create a really unique customer experience and every aspect can be built to suit your brand, to suit your business, and most importantly, to suit your browsers. So you're not limited by certain tools or features like you would be in social media. Like the sky is kind of the limit. It's really your little online home. It's your online presence that you can make and have work and look however you want. And then in terms of how a website would compare to a landing page, I guess a landing page alone kind of feels like a table of contents or maybe a list of chapters without being able to see the full story. The landing pages have their purpose. You know, they um, might be capturing email addresses, you know, for an upcoming launch or something like that. Or, you know, if you're just rocking a coming soon page, I guess it's, you know, you've kind of got an online presence and there's a little bit of information on there, but it just can't provide that unique customer experience and it can't showcase your brand or create like a deep connection. I mm, think. Yeah, no, such a good answer. And I love what you speak about. It's, it's obviously so important to you creating that customer experience. And as, as someone who has utilized your templates and has seen a lot of them in action, you feel that in the online presence that is created. Like you do really feel a beautiful experience going through and, you know, that's testament to your work. It's also testament to the show at platforms. It's why I shifted across was purely because of like, my gosh, like all of the things that we can do and how it really captures the essence of the brand. For someone who is creating a website, I get this question from my clients a lot. So I'm excited to hear your take on this. When you're building a website, when you're creating the brand experience, and when you're really wanting to optimize for conversions, what are some of the must-have things that you make sure people have on their websites? Yeah, so I think the most important thing when you start building a website, particularly if you're DIYing, and I think this is where a lot of people struggle because they'll open up their website platform or their website builder, and they're just a little bit overwhelmed that they might just not know where to put content or just start kind of shoving it everywhere and just hoping for the best. But Mm -hmm. the first thing that you should do when building a website is to set yourself some website goals. So, you know, step away from the computer and actually think about what do you want users to do on your website? Do you want them to book a call with you? Do you want them to buy something? Are you hoping that they'll download? Do you want them to subscribe to an email list? So what are those goals? And then from here, you can map out what's called your user journey. So it's pretty much the path that your visitor will take on your website to reach that goal. And it's important for businesses to kind of identify these different paths or I guess the different direction that they'll take on a website 
because this right here is what's going to affect how you structure your content. So kind of it forms the basis of like the actual order of your content. So I think that's where a lot of DIYs get stuck. And even if you are working with a website designer, it's great to kind of start off, you know, away from the design and start looking at the strategy and looking at your website goals to make sure that you are actually building a website that's going to help users get from point A to B, ensure that you are reaching your own kind of website goals and turning ultimately turning browsers into buyers. And it's going to create that really great kind of first impression and customer experience. And there's a few things that can impact your user journey, like usability. So you want to make sure that, you know, your website is actually easy to use. So, you know, you don't want a slow loading website and you don't want poor navigation that's hard to find things like design. So you want to make sure that your branding is professional. You don't want to overwhelm visitors with too many aesthetics, but then you don't want anything that's too dull. And a lot of users base their decisions on the credibility of a website from its visual appeal, which I think we're all a little bit judgy and that's okay. (laughs) Um, And that's why first impressions count. And then there's also things like copy that can affect um, your user journey. So I like to think that design is the cake and copy is the icing. So design kind of entices the user and gets them in and interested whereas the copy will then get them over the line so you want to make sure that you're speaking I guess directly to your audience as well yes I definitely agree with everything that you're saying there love the analogy of like the browser into the buyer I think that you know just helping people to see that when they're finding you online when they're seeing your online presence love what you said there around like step away and what is the goal and I think coming from that energy and that viewpoint of like if you were to step away and to see your own website with fresh eyes for the first time, what would your first impression be? Would it be easy for you to navigate? What journey would you take once you landed there? I think sometimes it's very easy for us to be like, well, we know our brand and we know our services. So it's it's obvious, isn't it? But we have to almost like take those glasses off and put on different ones that make you see it through a whole new lens. When it comes to what you were talking about with the user journey, I would love for you to just elaborate on maybe an example of what that might actually be. For those that are listening, have never heard that term before. What would be an example of a user journey for someone that is landing on the website as a browser and what that journey might look like to turn into a buyer? Yeah, absolutely. So for example, if one of your website goals is to have someone book in maybe a strategy call or a discovery call, like if that's your number one goal, then you need to make sure that your website is kind of laid out and built in a certain way that helps visitors get from point A being most likely the homepage is where they'll initially land to kind of point B, which is wherever it is on your website that they can actually book that call. So a typical user journey for that, for example, would be like I said, most people might land directly on your homepage. So if you want someone to be able to book in a call with you thinking, well, how will they get from the homepage to that booking button? So whether you list like a call to action or something at the bottom of your website that might take them directly to a scheduling software, potentially you might also kind of funnel them to the booking process by first introducing them to your services. So you might have a service services 
section or kind of tab on your homepage. And from that services page, they can get to know about what you're offering a little bit more. And at the bottom, there might be a call to action there that sends them to your contact page. And maybe from there, they can read the FAQs or they can book in that way. So just mapping out all those different ways and remembering that I think that the biggest mistake that people make, I've mentioned the word call to actions a couple of times. So I think the biggest mistake that people make is that they don't include any clear call to actions. Mm. So you've gotten people onto your website, they're browsing, but it is your website's job to tell your visitors what you have to offer and then effortlessly guide them to that next stage of buying or inquiring. So that's the user journey. And then the most efficient way to turn visitors into buyers or browsers into buyers is to use clear calls to action. So it seems so simple, but I think it's something like 70% of small businesses lack a call to action just on their homepage, which is mind-blowing because your homepage is the page that then funnels people into the rest of your website. So if they're landing on your homepage and you've got no call to actions, Mm. then of course they're going to click away because they don't know what to do next. It's not obvious or they can't quickly find where they want to go. Nothing's intriguing them. Nothing's saying, hey, click here. So they just simply click away. So so it's, yeah, it's so important to have a call to action because how can you make a conversion? And a conversion is basically when someone takes that desired action. So if you want them to book with you, they book with you. If you want them to subscribe, the conversion is them actually signing up to your email list. So how can you expect them to make that conversion if you're not even asking for it? So I think that is so important. Yeah, mapping out your goals, creating that user journey, and then having the really clear call to actions to make sure that users are easily moving through your website and getting to that end goal. And sometimes a user might only take one or two steps. Sometimes it might be five or more steps like through your website. Some people want to get to know you more, so they might kind of navigate via um, your about page, but remembering that your about page should still have a call to action and your Mm. website and its pages should be this constant kind of clicking loop to keep people on your website interested and moving through so that they eventually can get to that final destination, really. Oh, I completely agree. So, so much. I love all of this. I think so important to highlight that, like I said before, you know, we assume that people know what to do, but the internet is one noisy, noisy place. There's so much going on, let alone everything that's going on offline around you when you're on your phone or when you're on your computer. There's lots of distractions, things like that. And if we as business owners are not guiding people through the next step that they need to take. It's so easy for people to get lost. And I think that that tip is absolutely massive for anyone listening to really assess the way that you're showing up in your online presence. You know, are you making it easy and really nurturing people through the steps towards your offers and your services? Or are you making it easy for them to click away because it's confusing what to do once they actually land there? You know, when you have an online presence, when you have a website, like specifically, let's stick to websites, we talk a lot about conversions and conversion strategy and, you know, having all of these beautiful elements and making sure that it's doing what we want it to do. How do we assess whether it is doing what we want it to do? And if it's not, if it's not converting the way we want it to, 
what do you suggest? Do you suggest, you know, picking one element and just changing that and testing, or does it change a lot of things at once? Like what is your suggested approach? Yeah. So I think the big thing that really helps conversions is to create that great first impression. And I mentioned before that we're a little bit judgy and often (laughs) that first impression relates to your site's web design. And then obviously then kind of nailing um, like a great user experience that will lead to conversions and things like that. But if you're looking to check your website to see, hey, like how do I actually can I how do I actually tell whether my website is converting? I think it's important to not just rely on looking at your booking numbers or your email inquiries. So you need to be measuring your website results using something like Google Analytics and take a closer look at what your website visitors are actually doing on your website. So it's okay to say, oh, well, I got 10 inquiries this month. So that's pretty good. But kind of stepping away just from that stat and actually look, well, when people are on your website, what is it that they're actually doing? What pages are they actually visiting? And most importantly, where are they dropping off? There's a fun stat in Google Analytics that I like to use, and it's called behavior flow. And this shows you visually, it's presented in like a cool like map format and I'm being a super visual person. Sometimes data can get a little bit overwhelming for me. So that's why I like this kind of feature called behavior flow because it's like this map. It actually shows you like the actual path that users have taken as they travel from one page to another. And it's showing you the actual user journey that your website visitors went on. So while you can do, um, you know, plan your goals and create that user journey and build your site for what, you know, the journey that you think your website visitors will take after your website has been up for so long and you've installed Google Analytics and you actually have a look, it might be a little bit of an eye-opener and you can see where they've dropped off and it could highlight content issues. So if you're seeing that a lot of people are dropping off, for example, on your About page, then it's important to go and have a look at your About page and why. Like why Mm. has this become a dead end? And potentially it could be because there's no call to action there. So they kind of get to a page. There's no other buttons to click. We're all time poor. We get distracted very easily. So they've potentially just clicked off or maybe it's your actual content. So maybe you've spent your about page talking about you and listing all of your kind of like diplomas and and pieces of paper rather than using your about page to create a connection with your user and kind of show them how maybe you were once like them and you were struggling at one point you got yourself out of the trenches and you know showing that transformation. So I think yeah by kind of looking beyond some of those initial numbers like email inquiries and actually getting in to Google Analytics and don't be overwhelmed by Google Analytics. There's a lot in there, but if there's just a couple of things that you look at, you know, including like how many visitors that you're getting each month and kind of like looking at that, but then something like this behavior flow, I think will then help you edit particular content to make sure that people are staying on your website for longer. And it also might be a really good insight into a chance for you to learn more about your user and your audience. So I always recommend that people really take a deeper look at their audience 
before mapping out their user journey, but sometimes, you know, people may not have time for this. But if you're finding that you're not converting, it might be time to take a step back and look at your audience and kind of tweak your user journey and create a user experience that really suits them. So things like looking at how your audience consumes content. So do they prefer videos, maybe they like short form text, or maybe they prefer lengthy blogs. So if you've discovered that that in fact, they like short form text, but maybe a lot of your pages are really heavy with content, that might be the issue there. So working out the best way that you can present your content, looking at if they're emotional or logical buyers, like will they resonate with case studies and transformations? So that's kind of like the emotional or or are they more likely to want to see the hard facts and figures and see really clear results? So maybe you need to switch that up on your services page or wherever your testimonials are. If you've discovered, hey, they're actually a little more emotional than they are logical. So I need to have some case studies or some testimonials that show this really great transformation that my services um, or my products can give them. And then maybe diving deeper into like, what are the actual reasons that they want to take action? So really trying to learn about why they're on your website in the first place, like whether it's to learn, it's to buy, it's to do, it's to go, like what is that end goal? So I think that's why it's important to remember that a website is never finished and that you should always be checking in on things like your stats and then tweaking your content to really suit the user experience and to make sure that you're always creating a great first impression. Mm, I love that. That resonates so deeply. You know, a website is never finished. It's an ongoing journey. And I love all of the examples that you gave there. Thank you. I think there's just so many tangible takeaways for those that are listening and to really just understand, you know, the importance of digging a little bit deeper, really looking at the numbers. I was having this conversation with clients yesterday, actually, where I think it's so easy to want to do all the fun and the shiny and the surface things and, you know, creating content for social and things like that. But ultimately, what is it doing? Where is it pointing to? And then when it's pointing to a website, how is that website working for you? Is it doing its job? Is it not? What needs to be tweaked? Things like that are so important that we consider. And I think that you've just summarized that so beautifully. So thank you for those examples. I think one of the biggest questions that people have is really like, when is the right time, you know, to have a website? Is it something that you should have from the beginning? And, you know, I know when I was getting started, it's something that I thought was, you know, the most important thing. I know a lot of people think that. I know there's people who say it's not, don't worry about it, do it later. And then if you are going to do it, should you do DIY? Should you invest thousands of dollars to have it done for you? Like, what is your take on that for people at different stages of their journey? Yeah. So I honestly believe that you should start building your website straight away. Like I said before, like websites are never finished. So they're always going to be evolving. And if you're waiting for the right time, or maybe when you're more established, then you could be waiting for a while because we pivot and change direction and business so quickly, particularly at the moment that, you know, your website is just another tool to help communicate all these changes and having a coming soon page or a landing page and waiting until you've nailed your niche or maybe you've grown your team a little bit more. It means that you're potentially missing out on connecting with your audience. And I don't 
always recommend going down the road of custom design initially because if it can be expensive and during the first years of business, like if you are seeing a lot of changes and you're switching up like your services or maybe changing your audience, like your niche, kind of just getting that feel for the business space and where you want to sit within it. DIYing your website means that you can switch gears quickly and it means that it's, it's not going to cost a bomb. So probably the biggest difference between custom web design versus DIY would be your budget and your stage in business. So if you don't have a big budget and you're just starting out, then you probably don't want to fork out a lot of money on a website that might only serve you for six to 12 months, particularly custom websites. I mean, the price just ranges depending on who you work with, but it can be a lot of money that at the start of business that could potentially be better put you know, somewhere else. It also depends on how quickly you need a site. So if you want to have a custom site, that's not something that can be up within an instant or, you know, even within sometimes within the month, you know, web designers or developers might have a long wait list. It can be a long wait time before you get into work with them. And then the process can be really long as well. And I think a lot of people sometimes forget that they still need to be quite involved in the custom process. So if you're really busy doing other things and you don't have time to even dedicate to kind of offer feedback, then you might be waiting a very long time to get your custom website up. And if you have kind of hit the ground running, you've got this new business and you need a website up for that online presence because you just say you're predominantly an online business, then it's going to be much more time effective for you just to DIY and get something up yourself. And I honestly believe that um, in terms of investments and and starting out that you should invest in your branding um, and your visuals and something like brand strategy first before forking out a ton of money for a custom website because the branding and the brand strategy, they are the foundations of a website and of a great website. So if you kind of skip that step and want to go straight into a custom build, then I guarantee that you're not going to end up with a website that you had always dreamed of and you're not going to end up with a website that performs well because it's been built without those foundations in mind. And I think it's also really important to tell like your listeners not to be afraid to DIY your website. So there are so many myths around DIY, you know, that it always looks DIY or that building your own website is really hard and it's really painful. But I think that comes down to using the right platform. You know, you don't want to have to learn a whole new kind of system and technology. You don't want to have to learn about coding. Like who wants to know about coding if they don't need to know about coding? (laughs) And you don't need to be a professional web designer to be able to DIY. So you can start with something like a template that kind of kicks things into gear and helps you with that design element. So I think it's important, yeah, not to be afraid because there are options out there. And I think the biggest thing is I just see people probably where they get stuck is that they're using the wrong platform. They're using something that is really techie 
and basically needs them or requires them to learn this whole new skill set that potentially they don't have time for and we'll just see them kind of struggling throughout that process and that's when something like DIY that should be quick so you know you can get a website up really quickly becomes hard and why people just leave a coming soon page up because they mastered that and the rest was just too hard basket. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's where you come in with your amazing templates for Show It, which if you guys are in the market, ready to create your website or upgrade your website, highly, highly recommend that you check out Emma's designs. Like I said, that's what we did. We got the template and then we customized it to fit our needs. And it was so seamless and easy and Yeah, it's just created, like I said, a really beautiful online presence. So we'll link all of that for you guys in the show notes as well to make it super easy. But as Emma says, you know, just making sure that don't be afraid of DIYing and just follow the steps that she said around setting your website goals and understanding the user journey and really making sure that, you know, you're giving the time and energy into really setting it up. And then it's going to be beautiful and it is going to work for you. What is trending right now in web design? What's hot? What's not? What would you suggest if people are wanting to get started or to upgrade their website? Yeah, so I think at the moment we're seeing a lot of video and animation. So it like having video and kind of that movement um, allows you to breathe life into your website um, and it's giving you that more immersive experience. But don't think that you have to go out and obviously hire a videographer or get an animator to do anything fancy. There is a lot of kind of free stock videos available online that you could use and it, it might even just be this like a simple little feature in the background or maybe a video banner and you can get a lot of kind of those free videos online. Gamification is really hot at the moment. So using gamification to personalize the user journey with more interactive elements so mm. that it keeps people interested and on your website for longer because there are so many websites out there at the moment. We've mentioned that people are really time poor and we're all getting distracted very easily. So anything that keeps a user on your site for longer, and it could be as simple as something fun on your about page that people can kind of click through and see your favorite things or something like that. So it doesn't have to be this crazy technical gamification experience. (laughs) It could be as simple as having someone click through and learning more about you and to see what you're what you prefer, whether it's tea or coffee or something like that. And then in terms of what's out of date, I would say that sliders on a homepage are probably out of date. (laughs) You know, once upon a time we'd see, you know, open up websites and see that first kind of image would be sliders, um, like product banners with different kind of messaging on each one, like each with their own call to action. Like that can be a little bit hectic, particularly if you've got a call to action on maybe five different sliders, like and they move so quickly that people aren't just going to click anyway. Most people, I think there were stats around that most people didn't click beyond that first image anyway. So mm-hmm. that's out of date as well as a really kind of like boxed design. So rather than like really boxy kind of sections, there's a real trend towards having overlapping elements 
and feeling like one page on your website is just this one whole kind of beautiful artwork. So it's not just, you know, kind of boring, ugly, boxed sections one after the other. And I think that's why I love Show It as well, because it makes designing something that's very seamless and overlapping and one section can kind of lead into the other. It makes that really, really easy. Such good tips. I love it. And I'm thinking about the experiences I have on websites and everything that you said about what's hot. I'm like, oh yes, that's what I enjoy. (laughs) That's what I have fun with when I'm on websites. So I love that. And uh, yeah, maybe it's time for people to let go of the slider. (laughs) I think that one is behind (laughs) us. So, so good. Honestly, I feel like I could speak to you forever. Thank you so much for everything that you've already shared. The one question I love to wrap our interviews up with is this. If there is one thing that's coming through for you, maybe we spoke about it and you just want to really drive it home or maybe it's something completely separate and you just want to make sure people take it away as a final note, what would it be that you would want them to know? I think that I would want your listeners to know definitely don't be afraid of DIY design because you are a great example that DIY doesn't have to look DIY like you have created the most beautiful website and without having to get any help from a web designer so I think that's really important and of course like I would be mad not to say please 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 don't forget to add a call to action to your website. If you do anything today or you want to tick one thing off your list and feel like you've achieved something with your website, just start at your homepage and add a couple of call to actions on your homepage to make sure that people are moving beyond that page. Because if you want to make a sale or anything like that, you have to ask for it. Mm, Such a good way to finish. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for what you said about my website. I love my online home and it is such a testament to the beauty of your templates. We couldn't have done it without you. So thank you again. And for those that, you know, are ready to upgrade their online home or build a website, definitely check out Emma's templates. We're going to pop them for you in the show notes below, the links to those. And as well, for those that want to connect with you online, learn more about web design or just get to know you a little bit more, where can they find you? Sure. So you can find me at my own online home at emmatroy.com.au. If you're a fan of Instagram, you can find me over there just at Emma Troy Design. And um, whether it be on my website or on Instagram, I will have lots of tips and tricks for DIYing your website, a lot of really cool showcases of custom as well as DIY websites where people have used my templates, some yeah handy tips. Plus, for anyone who doesn't know, I live on a farm, so I will often share some fun farm snaps as well. So if you like cute farm animals or even just dogs and cats, horses, then head on over and start following me on Instagram. I love that. Thank you so much, Emma. I so appreciate you coming on. All of that info will be in the show notes for you guys as well to make it super easy to check out our website, check out the templates, connect with her online, enjoy those beautiful farm vibes, which I definitely do. I love seeing all of that and talking to you about gardening and everything like that so I know that our listeners will as well so thank you so much beautiful so appreciate your time pleasure thank you so much for having me 
Thanks so much for listening, beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. For more resources to support your expansion as you manifest your desires, make sure you check out my website at www.taylorray.com.au. I'm sending you all the love and I'll see you back here soon.